0: Welcome to Ablaze Ministries International Podcast. We are the youth and young adults of Hope Church Brisbane. For more information about our ministries, weekly gatherings and activities, please visit our website at www.ablaze.org.au. And right now, get ready for an inspiring message and start living out your God-given potential today.
1: I mentioned before, actually, John already preached the message, so but I'm just going to continue with this. So why worry? You know, I think every one of us can really agree with me that we live in the world right now, we're worried about things, okay? You know, Lisa was mentioning to me, like, the other day, that, you know, she was talking to a 14-year-old uh I mean, teenager, <laughs> definitely. And, you know, like, then this person would say, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. You know, I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to do this and to do that. And when I think about it, right, like, we worry so much at times. And worry is not just the struggle that we Christians face. You agree? Yeah? Have you guys ever talked to anyone outside church that are so, that are so worried about things in life? Anyone here? at work, at school, at uni, you know, wherever we go, we actually see people who've been struggling with worries. But guess what? Even Jesus himself, he preached about worries. And that's why tonight, as we go on with this series, Overcome, we're going to be looking at a few key things that the Lord Jesus has taught us in regards to worry and how can we really deal with this as well. You know what? Um, Some of us here, you know, we go to Google and we're just trying to find the answers. And I actually uh, go to wikihow.com and I kind of ask Wiki, you know, like, oh, what would we do if we worry about things, right? And the world solution through Wiki, and um, this is the answer, think positive, watch movies and take pills. (laughs) So these are the popular ways... You know, that a lot of people, um, you know, maybe in your life, in my life, we're dealing with, anyone see you guys like to actually watch movies movie when you're stressed, when you're worried about things? Yeah? Okay. Well, I don't know about you, but I can confess something. You know, the one time that I was really depressed, I was really like down and I didn't want to do, so I went to watch Batman and Robin, this is like years ago. Three times in one day. And, you know, when I walked in there, I sat down, I got my popcorns, and I just watched one time, and I walked out. Oh, I feel so low again, but I like to watch Batman and Robin. So I actually go in again and watch the same movie three times in one day. Whoa. I'm not suggesting anyone to do that. Okay. Because sometimes we like to actually resource to something that we think it will comfort us. But when we leave the place, when you leave the theater or the cinema, you know that you're back to reality. You know what I'm talking about? For some of you, you watch Korean drama and you're thinking that it'll be the way out. Well, when you finish the whole series, you feel like everything's still the same and you're waiting for another series. You know, there's a lot of ways that we really try to use to really get out of the worries. But hey, you know, worries is a part of life, but we don't have to be overcome by worries. That's why Jesus has given us some keys to really understanding this thing that we are struggling at times, worry, and how can we overcome it. Now, I want to give you some um, facts here by um, this author. He's a, um, uh, she's a physician, and she said this. It's a look at worries, okay? They said, uh, she said these things that never happen, 40%. People worry about things that never happen, 40%. Of all of her patients, 40%, okay, of the people, they worry about the things that happened, Things in the past which can't be changed, 30%. Can you guys think about it? And health issues, 12%, well, that's legitimate reason, right? Miscellaneous, um, pity problems, that 10%. And 8%, they're only real legitimate troubles. So basically, worries, you know, we worries about the things that most of the time, they don't even actually happen, or they will never happen anyway. So, you know, I don't know about you, if you're a warrior, (laughs) if you're someone who tend to worry a lot, you know, let me tell you something is that, that usually the things that we worry about, it might not actually happen in our life. And most of the time we worry about what? Our future. Am I going to get married? Don't know love me, love me not. You know, we think about all that stuff. Oh, am I going to get, you know, to that university? Am I going to get that job? Am I going to do this? Am I going to be able to travel around the world? Am I going to miss out on this promotion? You know, we are afraid about the future and the things that we have absolutely no control over. You think that's a smart thing to do, that you worry about something you have zero control over. And that's why What Jesus is teaching us today is about trusting God, trusting the Father for the things that he has for us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to plan ahead. No, I'm not saying that. Even the Bible talks about counting the cost, thinking about that. I'm not talking about don't be concerned about the things in life. Yes, you should be concerned if you see someone playing on the street and the car's coming, you're going to stop that. Of course, you're spending too much money on whatever it is. Yes, you should be concerned about that. Thinking ahead or planning ahead is a good thing. But we must not be too overwhelmed with that worry. Because sometimes when you worry too much, the things that you don't have no control over or what's going to happen, what it does for you is that it makes you lose the trust in God. You know, when Jesus said, don't worry, but if you worry, you know what it means? You don't obey the word of God. That's why we need to understand, you know, Jesus tells us three times in this sermon, and we're going to be looking at this passage tonight. So three times in the Sermon on the Mount, don't worry. Jesus said it's three times. So Jesus is going to be helping us tonight. I'm glad that the preacher here tonight is Jesus. Jesus is going to be teaching us through me tonight about Don't Worry. So I want to show you a clip quickly. So have a look at this. It's kind of fun. I tell you not to worry
0: about your life. Don't worry about having something to eat, drink, or wear. Isn't life more than food or clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't plant or harvest. They don't even store grain in barns. Yet your Father in heaven takes care of them. Aren't you worth more than the birds? Can worry make you live longer? Why worry about clothes? Look at how the wild flowers grow. They don't work hard to make their clothes. But I tell you that Solomon, with all his wealth, wasn't as well clothed as one of them. God gives such beauty to everything that grows in the fields. Even though it is here today and thrown into a fire tomorrow, he will surely do even more for you. Why do you have such little faith? Don't worry and ask yourselves, will we have anything to eat? Will we have anything to drink? Will we have any clothes to wear? Only people who don't know God are always worrying about such things. Your Father in heaven knows that you need all of these. But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what He wants. Then the other things will be yours as well.
1: Okay, so let's turn to the book of um, Matthew. Chapter six. Okay, let's turn to the word of God together. Matthew six, twenty-five to thirty-four. So I'm gonna be reading this from uh New International Version. Okay, you guys there yet? You don't have the word of God, bring it along next week. But you can look at the screen today because I'm nice. All right. <laughs> Matthew six, twenty-five to thirty-four. It said this, therefore I tell you, who's this talking here? Jesus. Say Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry, say do not worry. do not worry, about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more than, more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow, reap, or store away in barns, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. Yet I tell you, and not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of this. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will he not much more? Clear you, you of little faith. Verse 31 So do not worry, say, do not worry. worry. Saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry, say, do not worry. About tomorrow, For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So then what Jesus said, do not worry. Three times in this passage. There's something about this, right? You think when Jesus stresses out, do not worry. So there are a couple of things I'm going to share with you guys tonight. In order for us to overcome worry in our lives, the first thing we need to do is to face our worries. Face your worries. What does it mean? Do you have to understand the nature of worry according to what Jesus say here? Are you ready to dive into the word of God here? Hey, we have to understand the nature of worry according to what Jesus said here. The first thing we see from verse 25, worry is inconsistent. Say with me, inconsistent. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Okay, life. What you will eat or drink, or oh, about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than, more than food and the body more than clothes? So, what Jesus is saying here is that Jesus talked about your life. Your life. Food and clothes. So, he was actually using the example of life, which is had what? Greater value, right? You agree? You think that your life is worth more than your clothes? You're not sure? (laughs) You'd rather lose your life or lose your clothes? Come on. You know, Jesus is saying here is that think about your life and think about the clothes and the food that you, you have today. You know, Jesus said this, your life is more important so he was talking about the fact that God is able to provide the greater than the less. You know, if God is providing you something is greater than this, He will surely provide you the rest. So he's talking about the big thing in our life, and this is our life itself. And then He will provide the rest too. So his logic is, is that you know, I'm concerned about your life and and your life is more important than food and clothes. So if I take care of your life, I will take care of your food. So worry is inconsistent. Now, worry is also, sorry, the worry is irrelational. Okay. Verse 26 said this, Look at the birds of the air. My tongue gets tired all the time. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly fathers feed them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Before that, Jesus compared between what? Life, food, and clothes. So the greater to the lesser. Now he's talking about births of the air. He talked about births of the air. Okay. And then he actually put it back to us. He's talking about that, look at the birds in the air. God take care of them. What about you? Anyone see you guys think that you are, you are actually worth more than just birds outside? Of course, all of us think so, right? You're more, more, you're more important and valuable than your puppy at home, your kitty at home, <laughs> or any other things. So, Jesus is saying, Is that will God help you? Yes, He will. He cares about you. You know, this is very interesting scripture. Look at Matthew 10. Okay, let's turn to Matthew, Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Okay, this is so cool. I, okay, I'm okay, not two sparrows. Anyone say you guys are good at maths? Anyone say you guys got A from math? Okay, you're gonna help me with this. Matthew 10, 29 to 31. Are you, oh, sorry. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? So one penny. With one penny, you can buy two sparrows, okay? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. How many hairs we have on our head? You can't count. But the word of God says that, So, don't be afraid. God knows everything. You are, you are worth more than many sparrows. Now look at this scripture too. Are you guys, do hear with me? In Luke twelve six, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten by God? Okay. Early on, I said with one penny, how many sparrows can buy with one penny? Two. And now Jesus said this: Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Can you guys think of that? So one penny, you can buy two sparrows. Why Jesus now saying that you actually spend two pennies to get five sparrows? So you get one extra for free. And the word of God say this, listen to this. Yet, yet, not one of them is forgotten by God. God still cares for a free sparrow. The one that you receive extra for free. God says, I know about it, and I cared about it. You got it? You got it? That's it's amazing when you think about what the scripture said here. That one penny, you buy two sparrows, you got two pennies, you got five. You got one for free, and God cares about that free one. Amazing. So, <laughs> he knows what we need, and he cares about you more than the sparrows out there, okay? Sparrows out there. Okay, you're worth more than that. Can you you tell the person next to you, you're worth more than a sparrow. (laughs) Tell them you're worth more than chicken. You're worth more than chicken. (laughs) You know, Lisa and myself, we used to have, Lisa and I, we used to have two chickens at home. I told you many times, but now we have no more chickens. I feel more loved today because she used, to, <laughs> she used to give a lot of attention to the two chickens that we had, but now there's no more chicken, so I received all the attention at home. <laughs> so I feel loved. Okay. Now, the next thing, worry is ineffective. Okay. Worry is ineffective. In verse 27, Jesus said, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Duh. <laughs> Jesus said this. Guess what? You can't even add a minute to your life by worrying. Why would you do it? Duh. Why would you allow worries to rob your joy today? Why would you allow worry subtract? Of course, worry will not add, but only subtract. That's why you need the strength of today to conquer what's coming tomorrow. So what is going to be happening tomorrow is going to happen anyway. You know, I can really say this to myself many times, exams coming up, and I study so hard, try to really read every single minute I have, cram everything the night before, thinking that by reading one more extra minute, I will get A. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about. they just like, I have to study every moment. I can't sleep. Come on, come on, you know. So, you know, Jesus is saying that worry is ineffective. Worry doesn't rob two days of its sorrow, but two days of its strength. You know, um, Irma Boombeck, she said this, Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you anywhere. Anyone see you guys play with your rocking chair at home? you have any rock, rocking chair at home? I threw one the other way because we had curbside collection. Two, actually. And <laughs> I sat in them and it's like... It's true. Warring. It's like you're a rocking chair, you feel like, oh, I'm exercising, but you never get anywhere. Okay? I still have the apps doer at home. You guys know what the apps doer? That you kind of like put yourself... It's like a... Do you guys been to my house? you know I have that App Store, the, 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 the blue one at home? So you kind of lie on it, and you can just do like that all the time. So you exercise for about an hour. It feels so painful when you feel you got nothing out of it. You know, I used to think that, whoa, you know, if I use that for 10 days, I would get like six packs. But I don't have any packs right now. <laughs> I have one pack. Okay, all right. <laughs> so worrying is like that. So I want to show you um, just another clip. No need to turn off the light. That's fine. Just watch it. Okay, come on, give them a hand. I think we are struggling. It's a lot of warfare, but it's all right. Okay, can you guys tell me when it's ready? So what Jesus says that worry is ineffective. Okay, can you say with me? Worry is, worry is ineffective. And now in verse 26 to 30, what we see here is that Jesus is saying worry is also illogical. Okay. Why do we worry about clothes? How... See how the flowers of the field grow they do not labor or spin yet i tell you that not even solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how god clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he much more close to you you of little faith now you know the fashion business in the world is billion dollars right and we all know that people sometimes worry about what they're going to wear and you know, I used to work in um, men's business. No, men's, men's wear business. Men's business. What am talking about? I'm just a bit distracted. Okay. I used to work in the men's wear business. Okay. And what I learned, one thing is that they spend a lot of money on advertising, um, like garments and, you know, clothing and things like that. And what Jesus is saying here is that why are you worrying about the clothes that you wear? When you think about the fields out there and, 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 and what, you know, the nature that God has created for us, you know, God has so much for all of us. And what, what Jesus is trying is that it's, it's no point for you to keep thinking about it, okay? So God cares much more about us when we look at the grass outside. So I just like the fact that when Jesus tried to compare, um, you know, the, 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 the reason why we should be worried about this, think about the things that sometimes we don't even consider. We take that so lightly and for granted. And Jesus yet used that as an example to tell us that when we look at those things, God take care of those things. And he definitely will care for all of us. And the last thing that Jesus said here in verse 21, 31 to 32, worry is irreligious. So let me explain. Worry is irreligious. The scripture said, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink and what shall we wear? Now, can you guys take note on this? So, so far, Jesus really focused on a few basic things in life, right? Drinking, eating, clothing, and what else? Living. So how can we, you know, the four essentials. You, you guys know what I'm talking about, that many times we are struggling a lot with the basic things. And now listen to this, what Jesus say here is that, you know, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear for the pagans? Okay, the word pagans here means those who don't know God. Sometimes the word, used, um, the word of God used with Gentiles, people who don't know God, run after all these things, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. So Jesus, we're making the point here is this, that you are the sons and daughters of God, the one who created a whole universe, the one who know exactly how to form you. You are my children. Someday, most of you guys here will be parents, and you would know that you will provide. You know, sometimes I heard this story before, you know, this one time the father found the kid was really upset and really downcast and like really looked really dead low and down and saw that. And he asked him, what's the matter, like what's wrong, you know? He said, I'm not sure what I'm going to be eating tomorrow as breakfast. And the dad's like, why are you talking about that? Why are you asking me such a question? Because, you know, in the father's mind, that everything will be prepared for the kids, if the father loves the kid. And the things here is that God is our heavenly father. And he's saying that when you worry, you act like unchristian. You know, worry is an unchristian thing. Sometimes we go through life, we keep worrying, we keep thinking. You know, it's okay to have momentary worry. You guys know what I'm talking about? That sometimes we can worry about things, but don't camp there. Some of you guys, you move into that place. You live in worry. I don't know about you, but I have friends that, you know, look so worried all the time and, you know, can't really put things together. But God is saying that if you are the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ, you are the sons and daughters of the most high God, the one who created everything. And truly, he loves us. So when Jesus' worry is religious, it's that don't act like you don't know God. You know, God wants to calm us down and say, hey, chill, bro, you are my son. Hey, you are my daughter, and I love you, and I care about you. So don't live your life in worry. So Jesus shared about this. It's a nature of worries. It's inconsistent. It's not logical at all. It's not effective. And it's not something that you and I as Christ followers should come in. The state of worrying, all right? And now he also, Jesus also offered some solution here you guys glad are you guys are you guys glad that jesus actually gave us some answers to it he not say well you know like it's too bad you worry too much get over it you know but jesus also gives some um, solutions or ways to go over about this matter so apart from facing your worries we need to learn to fight our worries in verse 33 to 34 said this but seek ye first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What are these things? What are these things? Your food, your clothes, everything in life. That Jesus is saying, but seek first his kingdom. Whose kingdom? The father's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added on to you. Guys, this is one of the great promises that we find in the word of God. If today you feel like you don't have enough, it's your mentality that's saying to you today, you don't have enough because in Christ you have enough. Sometimes we struggle between needs and wants. I want this. You know, sometimes God says, you know, you want a car? I, I give you just a, you know, a Honda Civic. Would you be happy with it? No, I want Mercedes-Benz. I want it. It's my need. It's legitimate. I want it. God's saying, well, you just want a vehicle, something that you can ride on and get from point A to point B, so I'll give you that. No! I want to kill myself, Jesus. You know, sometimes we cry out to God and we get angry with God because we think that God's not providing for me. But when you take a look at your life, guys, we're so blessed. I have to say this again and again. We are so blessed. We're so blessed to be in this country. We're so blessed to be in this nation. You know, today, if you have some savings in your bank account, you're probably one of the, you know, the richest people on earth. Because there's so many people around the world that they don't even have anything to eat. You know, the saddest place sometimes that we see is a food court, <laughs> You guys like to go to food court? Yes. You want to know what to eat? Do you know why they create a food court? Because people are indecisive. They don't know what to eat. That's why they have to go to food court and find something to eat. And sometimes we complain, no, it's not good enough. Not much variety. But I want to break the mentality. Because what God has given to us is a blessing. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful you are grateful to what God's given to you. But don't forget that God has given us something as a blessing so that we can become a blessing. I want to see our church break that mentality that we go beyond what we feel about ourselves. We are not consumer Christians. We are not. The Bible says, seek first not my own needs, but the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is our conviction, church, that we are focused on the things of God and the kingdom of God more than what we're going to be wearing tomorrow. I'm not saying those things are not good. I'm just saying that the mentality that we all should acquire every day is to live for the Lord. So Jesus said this, the first thing, if you want to overcome worry, you need to set the right priorities in life. And you have to start today, guys. I don't care how young you are. You've got to start. Your priorities right today. It's so clear here. I, 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 I hope that you see what Jesus is saying. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You know, many times we try to need, um, go through the scriptures and say, like, oh, maybe Jesus did not really say that. You know, maybe we should really, you know, trying to, put something else first. But the Bible says, "Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You can't argue with that. It's not even your life's more important. God's saying the, his kingdom, and his righteousness. That should be our priority. I'm not apologizing to encourage you and challenge you to live for God. Because I know for the past 22 years of my life, God has provided and he will be providing for me. If John can be a testimony to some of us here tonight, I believe that when you seek him first, he will provide. I haven't seen any wholehearted Christians go, you know, without having anything to eat in a day. Of course, unless a person's fasting. <laughs> God always provides. He always, you know, provides for us. Now, worry. Worry. It's about having a divided heart. At times, we get caught up between our own agendas and God's agendas our own desire, and God's kingdom. We are in a tug of war like that. Oh, which one, which one? And we get caught up with materialism. We get caught up with our own things. You know, oh, study's really hard right now. Oh, I don't have time for church. Oh, I don't have time for God. I can't read the Bible. And then God is saying, seek me. Seek me with all your heart. Read the word. Pray to me. Oh, but I have these agendas. I'm not saying these agendas are wrong, but the Bible says, seek first his kingdom. Many times that God will change your perspective by putting you through the situation where you need to learn to put God first. Jesus said this, if you get everything else and you lose your life, what's the point to it? But if you lose your life, you will get everything right now and in what's to come. I don't know how that works out. But the word of God say to us tonight, church, that we seek him first. Seek him first. Ablaze. Wake up. Seek God first. Put Jesus at the center of our lives today. When you are young, train yourself in the word and put God at the center. Think of Jesus. You know, I, I wish, I hope, and my prayer is that everything we do in life, we will consider God first. That God will always in the picture, that He's always in our mind, in our, mind, our thinking. When I'm going to spend this money for this, what God says about this? When I'm going to be spending my time like this, what does God say about this? If I'm going to go out with someone in a relationship, what does God say about this relationship? You guys know what? When you think of it like that, it will save a lot of time for you to not to worry because every time the Holy Spirit will tell you what you're supposed to do. But many times we try to figure out things on our own. But I'm here tonight to tell you that put Jesus first, that put God and his kingdom and his righteousness ablaze. We're concerned about the kingdom of God. We're concerned about the things of God. That's why we're here tonight. I'm not here to entertain anyone. I'm not here to tell you that this is a church. We should come and have fun. This is the place where you will be discipled to become more and more Christ-like. And this is what the church is about, to help train, raise, and release the people into the purpose of God. You guys know why I'm saying this with full confidence? Because when I look at my life, God never fails me. He never fails me. And if I can say that, he will do the same thing for you. So tonight, I really hope that you will set your priorities right. And then Jesus continued to say in verse 34, apart from setting the right priorities, he said this, that you've got to set your heart to live for today. In verse 34, he said this, that therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is very interesting because Jesus is saying that you've got to learn to live today, for today. You know, notice something I've been trying to do this week. Sometimes I can get really worried about things. I worry about my parents, I worry about my family, I worry about a lot of things, my ministry, and a lot of things I'm doing. But this week, God has been teaching me why don't you live for today? And when I read this passage, he's saying, you've got to learn to live in the moment. I'm not saying you shouldn't plan. I mentioned before, but don't be too overwhelmed with your future, so much so that you forget that God is doing something new today, right now, in our hearts. Don't be caught up too much with what I'm going to be doing tomorrow or 10 days, you know, in the next 10 days or the future. Of course. It's good, but don't dwell on your tomorrows. You know, the grace that God's given to us is enough for the day. You know, in, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites, they were walking in the wilderness. They didn't have anything to eat, and they cried out to God. And God provided them the bread from heaven called manna, and the meat the quail. And it's, this is a really interesting thing, because I got a picture to show you there. In Exodus 16, God asked His people to go and collect this heavily sent food. So basically, every morning, every morning, you know, every household will go out and collect just enough. Actually, about two, um, just about two quarters of a gallon for one person for this manna. If you if you read the scripture, so one person, God said, go and collect. Okay. Just, just about um, two, two, two quarters of a gallon, just, just to do the half a gallon, basically, for each person a day. Don't store up. Tomorrow will come. But on the sixth day, you can collect because, you know, in the, New Test, in the Old Testament, you know, we have the Sabbath day, that the, the, the seventh day, people don't work. So God's saying, on that day, you collect twice. But God said, don't store up too much. And the thing is, there were some people who were greedy. So they was like, I'm not going to have enough. So they collect more. And guess what? In the morning, the leftover food, they become spoiled and lots of worm in it. You know, when you read this passage, the principle we learn from this is that God say, trust me just for today. I'll give you what you have enough for today. You know why? Because many of us here, we struggle with greed. I want more. I want more of that. I want more of this. I want more. I want more, 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 Sometimes in the kingdom of God, the more is not always the better. Because God's concerned about our heart condition than how much you have. Maybe some of us here, you feel like, oh, I'm poor. I don't have enough. Maybe God is teaching you to have the right perspective. Would you trust me with what I have given to you just for today? Just for today. I got a picture to show you. I saw this picture a while ago. I'm not suggesting for us to drink beer or anything like that. This is a youth service. But I saw this. It's like, yeah, free beer tomorrow. <laughs> Do you guys get this? Sometimes you see the sign like, in America, free gas tomorrow. So what does it mean? You don't get it. So you, every time you go back to this place, you free gas tomorrow, or free beer tomorrow. So you never get it, right? Because it's always tomorrow. Do you get it? No. (laughs) You know what? I just really think that God wants us to learn to appreciate what we have right now today. People in our lives, the relationship that we have, our family, our job, our church, people, resources, and everything God's given to us. And God is asking us to learn to appreciate the gift that he's given to us because that is his provision. It's all about trusting God. It's all about trusting him. You know, some of you here, you are struggling with the unknown because you feel that the unknown you're facing will not be the thing that you like. And that's why you worry too much. But God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Some of you are struggling with temptations and battle in life. And God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm holding you in the palm of my hands and I'm giving you all that you need. Four scriptures I want to share with you quickly before we close off tonight. Psalm 50 for 15, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. How many of us here today, you call upon the Lord? Maybe you haven't called on God yet. That's why you feel struggling today. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two said this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 1 Peter 5, 7, I love this passage. I remember it until today. Since the day I was a young Christian. Cast all, all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Amazing. Anything that you are worried about today, anything you feel anxious about today, cast it on him. He can take it, guys. I promise that God can take it, and he will help us. Last one, Philippians 4, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, listen to this, will transcend all understandings, not only transcending all your understandings, will also guard your heart, not only your heart, but your mind in Christ Jesus. God is saying, when you are worried about things, pray, leave it, thank me for that. And the peace I'm giving to you will transcend all your understanding. You know what it means? I can't figure it out. And that is okay. Because my peace will transcend all your understanding. And then this. <laughs> and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You know, we're not to worry about anything, but pray about everything. One time, Lisa was, she's not here now, but Lisa was really worried about certain things. And then we were having this conversation in the kitchen. I said, you know, if you're too worried about this, don't pray. If you pray, don't worry. <laughs> I just said to her, if you worry about this, don't pray. But if you desire to pray, don't worry. Stop worrying. And that's what we're doing tonight, church. Church. That we're going to give unto God our concerns, our worries of life, anything that God is taking us over tonight. Amen.